Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sperm Cast, pregnancy edition. I hope you all had a happy, happy Thanksgiving, and I sure am thankful for all of you for sticking around for the last two and a half years and allowing me to share my journey with you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure and an honor. Before we get started with updates, a little reminder about ways you can support the show. First of all, you can share the show. Second of all, you can rate and review the show on Apple iTunes. Third of all, you can sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spermcast. And I want to give a big thank you to my latest patron, Jessica K. Thank you so much, Jessica. This week, I'll be posting about my first meeting, my first in-person meeting with the midwives, and I'll be posting audio and hopefully video from my ultrasound with the new fetal maternal medicine doctor who's going to do another anatomy scan, which I'm so excited for and afraid, as you know, but mostly excited. On Patreon, you can subscribe for $2 or more a month and have access to everything I've ever posted up there, from egg retrievals to transfers to exclusive interviews. And all the while, you'll be supporting Spermcast so that I can afford to keep on making this show. And lastly, Venmo is another way to support the show. Just Venmo Molly-Hockey, any amount you want. Now, let's get down to business with some updates. Well, I don't really have anything exciting this week, just grumpy news, which is that my heartburn is back and really bad, and I can't think of anything I can eat, but I'm working on it. I'm trying. Today I had bone broth for breakfast, and then I had some quinoa and broccoli, like a tiny bit in bone broth, and then I had one of those mushy pouches of puree that you give six-month-olds. I think it had butternut squash and spinach and avocado. And even with that limited diet, I don't feel great. But I don't feel as bad as yesterday, so that's good. The other grumpy news is that that job that I had lined up over here basically got canceled. Or it got pushed back to January, but since I'm due in mid-March, the tough part of the job will fall right in the middle of when I'm supposed to give birth. I told them I only need two weeks off. But they said they needed to play it safe just in case and hire somebody else. (laughs) Man, it sucks. It sucks. Not just because I thought I'd be earning a bunch of money and that I'd have, you know, a job to keep me busy right up until February and that I thought I'd have something on my resume that could help me get the next even better job. But I also felt a sense of pride from having this job. Like, yeah, I'm 42 and just moved in with my parents, but... I've got a cool job and I can pay for my own shit. Now I've got to look for other work, but the window of time that I'm actually able to work is much smaller now. And I would have been looking for a job this whole time if I'd known this was going to happen. 
<sighs> so it was just, it hurts my ego, but I don't know. I was kind of messed up for a day or two, but I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm working on it. And on the upside, I have more time to settle in on the farm, to focus on the pregnancy, to get some great guests for this show, and more time to get some of my other work off the ground. Because in general, I always feel like, uh, I just don't feel well when I don't have a lot of irons in the fire. Of course, I'll probably just spend all of my time peeing, because that's just about all I do these days anyway. And now it's time to talk about my baby and my body. Mom? Yes, I'm right here. I'm four inches from you. <laughs> Molly is 24 weeks and two days pregnant. 24 weeks? That's, uh, that's six da, months. 24 weeks is six months. Yay! That's crazy. Yes. You're finishing the fun mester. No, I've got a couple more weeks. Oh, okay. Three more weeks, I think. Oh. Okay, here we go. And back to... Baby is 11.8 inches and 1.3 pounds. Baby's weekly weight gain is now about 6 ounces. Much of that weight gain is coming from accumulating body fat, as well as from growing organs, bones, and muscle. By now, Baby's face is almost fully formed. Her heartbeat is slowed to around 140 to 150 beats per minute. She's developing a sleep, <laughs> right, a sleep and wake cycle and even yawns. The baby has brows, lashes, and a dusting of hair, but it's all still white until she develops pigment. Baby's once see-through skin is now becoming more opaque. As baby's brain grows more complex, she's begun developing memory and thoughts. And now for my body. Me. And now for Molly's wonderful body. Recommended weight gain is about 14 to 16 pounds for a normal BMI. What is that? Bo bo body, mass body mass index. I don't know. It is. No, I don't know about my, my weight gain. Have you uh, weighed yourself at all? I weighed myself last night, but I was fully clothed and had just eaten. And it was the same as last week. Okay. 144.6 or something. Well, here we go. As for symptoms, it's much of the same. Swollen ankles and feet. Do you have those? No. Leg cramps. Do you have those? No, not this week. Backaches? Nope. Linea nigra? Yes. Stretch marks? Not that I know of. Itchy belly? Mm, sure. Everything's itchy, though. Big My tits? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> They're bigger, Mom. Trust me. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Now let's get to our interview. It's Annie O'Connor, and she and I are great old friends. We met the first day of Level 1 Improv when we were about 25 years old, and we spent the next 5 to 10 years drinking too much and doing hundreds of shows together on our team's Neckbeard, Rocktron, Singles Bar, and of course Hawk Off, our two-person team. Annie. Okay. Hi, Annie. Hey, Pregnant Molly. Annie went on to do a billion more improv shows. She became an improv teacher. She got married. She had a bunch of kids. They all moved up to Montana recently. They were going to open up a, a comedy club in Bozeman, Montana. And then the shutdown happened. So now I'm just a homeschool teacher. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when we were in our 20s, all improv all the time. Well, you still all do. <laughs> Well, now I'm, I'm half improv, half mom. Right. But back then, you were not about kids. Oh, no. 
And one of my, one of the things you used to do was every, okay, there's a lot I have to say about you and kids because, oh no. Well, one is that you practice, or at least you used to practice natural family planning. It's true. And um, I think, Partly because of mom, but also you're Catholic. Are you still? Yes. Those things are still happening. All of these things. Okay. Wow. You practice NFP and I am still a Catholic, although (laughs) I am, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic, but there's a lot about Catholicism that I have come to like, uh, not like. Well, I don't know anything about it, so we don't even have to talk about Catholicism. Thank God. Thank the Lord in heaven. (laughs) Thank the Lord in heaven. Amen. You don't have to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, But But, I uh, do natural family planning. Yeah, I still do. And until I met you, I had never heard of this, and I had had no idea about the sticky, whatever, the egg white. Mm -hmm. You told me. I was like, how? How does that work? And we were in our 20s and you were the first person that told me about cervical mucus. Yeah, I didn't, no idea. That that, that goo down there was not just like a, <laughs> like a weird pee. Oh, but now I, I talk about it all the time or I, use, I yeah. you know, in the course of this podcast, trying to get pregnant, we all want to, yeah. we all want to know about when you're ovulating, but was never taught any of this stuff when I was a kid. It took a no, nice Catholic girl named Annie O'Connor to tell me about it. I think it's super weird, uh, you know, like in when I first learned about NFP and it was through my mom and it was because I was Catholic. And she's a teacher. I, and she's a teacher. Yeah, she teaches uh, like marriage and family uh, planning stuff for uh, like the whole state of Indiana. She's in charge of all of the like natural family planning training. For the diocese. Wow. Uh, Oh, my God. This is hardcore. This is hardcore. But uh, in recent years, I've realized just, like, how insane is it that we have to, like, want to have a baby or, like, have to be – not just want to have a baby. You have to have, like – you have to have a – a problem having a baby or you, you know, you you don't naturally conceive like right away to even know that it's a thing. Yeah. Right. Like, why isn't this taught to us when we're like girls, when we're teens that like, this is how your body works. These are the important parts of it. And so like, I kind of feel like natural family planning and just understanding your body is more of a, like a feminist approach to childbirth, to being a woman that like, you're not just wool pulled over your eyes. You have to take a birth control pill. The guy doesn't have to do anything. The guy doesn't have to do anything. You don't have to think about anything. Everything's fine. But that's not you understanding anything about your body. Yeah, you're totally right. It is a more feminist approach. Yeah, that you would understand what's going on. (laughs) And And even even in our 20s, I didn't really fully grasp everything about it. Like I, it wasn't until later when I was in my 30s when I started having kids that I really like got into the nitty gritty. Okay. But so the interesting thing, uh, I mean, not that that wasn't interesting, but another interesting thing about it is that, so back then you were married to somebody else and <laughs> yes. you very much did not want to be pregnant. And, um, yes. and so I think you lived in fear of that because of the natural family planning. And I can't, I can't believe you remember all of these intense things about. Well, I'm just kind of I'm sort of pull, putting things together because yeah, the one here. thing I remember about you is that every time you thought you were pregnant, you would bang on your on your uterus with your fists. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep, we would be doing really improv shows. We'd be warming up before a show, and you'd be banging on your uterus like that would do anything. Just pushing really hard on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if there's something in there, I'm just working it out. Like I'm not, I'm not giving myself an abortion. I'm just kind of moving along things. <laughs> yeah. But you know, now that I know more about it, and uh, <laughs> that wouldn't do it. It wouldn't have done it. And also, I probably was never pregnant. Right. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> but I took pregnancy tests like all the time. You did. Like once a month, I was taking a pregnancy test because <laughs> I didn't trust natural family planning, and I did. I so desperately didn't want to have this guy's baby. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's not- funny to hear him referred to as this guy. This guy that I was married to. Oh. <laughs> I did not want to have. Yeah, I mean, he didn't want a baby, and I didn't want to have his baby. I just didn't want to have a baby. Yeah, well, you so were nowhere near ready to have a baby. No, oh goodness, yeah, so I was wearing, good. you know, dresses with jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you can't possibly be we ready both to have a baby. Were a girl. Oh. A, like a boot cut jean with a low cut dress. <laughs> You too. I know, I know. I know. Holy cow! What a sloppy look. Oh, we loved it. Well, it's you kind of have to dress that way for improv. But it wasn't just an improv. No, sort we of liked style. it. We liked it. Yeah, we liked it. We were like, oh yeah, we look. We cute. look hot. <laughs> with these jeans, these boot cut jeans, where we're kind of walking on the back, so it's like a oh, you afraid? Oh my god, dirty, just dirty Torn. old jeans. <laughs> now I guess because. We, we weren't hanging out as much when you were you started to get pregnant. So I never knew, yeah. you know, were you trying to get pregnant? I was uh not not trying. Okay. Like with natural family planning, you know, uh and with like tracking your cycles and stuff, I just stopped looking. Wow. We decided that like sometime we'd like to have a baby and I was 35. Oh, you were. Wow. Yeah. Or I was 35. Four, maybe when I got. Are we the same age? We are. Your birthday is August. Oh, and yours 28th. is and yours is September 29th? Yes. Oh, wow, girl. <laughs> we are good friends. We are good friends. Uh, I know. I miss you. Um, we weren't. I was not like just. I was actively not doing anything. But I uh, I got pregnant like fucking immediately. Amazing. Uh, like, just immediately. Wow. The minute I let my, the minute I stopped looking, I let my guard down for one fucking second and there was a baby inside of me. And that happened three times. Oh my God. Crazy. Crazy. Well, crazy. the third time was a, the third time was a total, like a total surprise. Right. A total surprise mistake. Not a mistake. Because <laughs> he's a del- <laughs> yeah, I, I I was mistaken. I mistakenly read my chart because I had flash bleeding. I don't know if you know what that is. Flash? Well, you, what did you spotted? What does that mean? It's like you're having a period. It looks like you're having a period. Oh, you think you're I got you. A, but it was a m- breakthrough bleeding. That's what it's called. Blake breakthrough bleeding. Breakthrough. <laughs> breakthrough bleeding. I was having breakthrough bleeding. And so I thought I was having my period, and then I thought my cycle had started over again, but it didn't. Oh. I had breakthrough bleeding, and then I immediately ovulated right afterwards, and then I got pregnant. Interesting. Wow. Are you having a natural birth? Well, I mean, I have no idea, but I hope so. I, I would like that to happen. But are you? Uh, yeah, are you envisioning a natural? I'm birth? I'm envisioning birth? a natural birth, but I I've heard a lot. I've talked to a lot of people, and I know that you know your plan doesn't always go the way you think it will. So I'm I'm open oh. to whatever whatever happens, but I would love to do everything naturally. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, now back to you. Oh, for my first pregnancy, yeah. Like I, I was exercising a lot. I was hiking a lot. I was uh, doing tons of yoga. Wow. Right before my daughter was born, I remember I went to like a yoga class and the teacher was really weird and she had everybody sit around me uh, in a circle and do like a, a, a series of ohms uh-huh. at me <gasps> to enforce my birth. Whoa. And it was the weirdest experience <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you know, like the ohm where it's like you, you keep going, you know, yeah. like at the end of the ohm, you're just like someone else picks it just, up. Right. And it was just so like a cacophony of ohms. And I'm like sitting there, like, she's like, you know, she kept, she's like, you know, just try to try to ingest the ohms, try to take them into your womb. Uh, so they were trying, very- were they trying to induce, were you late or were they just giving yeah. you good vibes? I think they're trying to give me good vibes. I didn't tell anybody, like, this is what's going on with me. Were you huge? Uh, I I was very late. My first child, I was um, two weeks late, and uh, which is a really long time. But my doctor, Paul Crane, Dr. Paul Crane, do you know who I'm talking (laughs) about? He's, like, the guy for natural births in L.A. He's, like, the originator of natural birth in L.A. He's a really old guy. Oh, wow. And he doesn't take insurance. Oh, you have to pay him directly. You pay him like you pay him a lump sum and then he just does whatever he wants to do. So like (laughs) every time I go in, he would give me an ultrasound like and you're not charged for it. So I'd get lots of ultrasounds, lots of whatever's and it was all fine. You know, like you go and labor in his office. Wow. Wow. He, He also did home birth. So like he's like, I can come to you. You can come to me. We can go to the hospital. Like, that is so I don't cool. It's a very cool guy. And he kind of looks like a soap star, like he would be on Days of Our Lives or something. Oh, my gosh. One time when I was in the office, um, uh, we were sitting there, and there was a girl behind the, the screen or behind the window or whatever, and Levin was like, that woman is striking. And I, like, looked up, and it was Kim Kardashian. And I was like, <laughs> that's Kim Kardashian. And he's like, who's that? And I was like, oh, my God. But then we walked by her, and, like, her butt was so big wow. that it was like, I mean, it was, it was, it real. was crazy. It was real. Well, I, I mean, well, it couldn't have been real. Well, okay. Yeah. It was on purpose. It was on purpose. I mean, purpose. it was beautiful. I don't know what I'm trying to beautiful. say. She had a beautiful butt. I don't want to shame her for her butt. I don't think she would take it as shame, right? She wants that no. butt. Yeah. She wants a big butt. Yeah. She was very tiny and then she had a huge butt. Crazy. It was crazy looking. <laughs> anyway, she was in there. <laughs> And I love that Levin like didn't know who she was. He's like, she's striking. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's striking. Yeah, thanks, babe. Thanks. Great. Now I'm gonna go give birth to this fucking baby. <laughs> so um my first pregnancy went fine and it just ran late, but then I had a, a natural birth. Wait, and where was, were you going you know, with the alms? Just that it was weird? Just that it was weird. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't miss something. I didn't. Yeah, there wasn't any any other thing about that. I can't yeah. do any classes because of COVID. Yeah, you can't do anything. I know. You'd just be in your house, maybe and that's I, a different. Maybe I'll give you a call and you do some ohms at me. Let's get everybody who's been on your podcast to all come on simultaneously, <laughs> and we'll like, oh, all mute. Oh, it didn't work out with my third baby. Okay. What didn't work out? No, I didn't work oh. out. I didn't. <laughs> It didn't work. It didn't work out. Like, no. uh oh. <laughs> okay, so hold on. So you, we just glossed over natural birth. So you went and you had a natural birth. Amazing. I had two natural births. Okay, well, hold on. 
you're seeing yeah. Dr. Crane. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you're two weeks late. You're getting ohms from people. What happens? Um, we, my mom was visiting. Her birthday is the day before my daughter's birth. Okay. And so we were, you know, like we went out to Korean barbecue mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, ah. Oh, Ugh, I don't know what's – like I think the food is – something's bothering me. Wait, hold on. And you I, know you're two weeks late at this point. <laughs> yes, I know. But like I've had a lot of like Braxton Hicks. Oh, and, you did? Yeah. And so I was just like, I don't – I mean maybe, maybe you guys. Yeah, yeah. And then we just – I was – my mom was like, well, let's go for a hike. Uh-huh. Because my mom, she had all natural birds and uh -huh. like she she was very like, you know, don't fucking touch me while I have this baby. <laughs> So uh, we went for a big hike in Elysian Park and like halfway through, I, I paused and was like, oh, God, give me a second. And then, you know, I was like, OK, I'm OK. And then and that had happened on my walks for a long time. So I wasn't like alarmed by it. But I didn't know. But I guess my mom and Levin were, you know, timing the contractions. <laughs> and then by the time we got around um, to that hill there in Legion Park. Then I was like, my mom was like, you're in labor. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I think I am. And then I, then it hurt. And I was like on my hands and knees and my, my dog was digging a hole and kicked all this dirt in my face. <sighs> so I labored on my hands and knees on the, on the lawn of the Elysian Park Hill for a while. Wow. And then Levin ran back to the house to get the car. Wow. And then he came back with me. Then I went up all those stairs. I had a hundred stairs uh -huh. from the, your old house. from the ground to the house at my old house. Oh my God. So I walked up all the stairs, which was just so painful. And then my doula came over and then I thought I was going to like, you know, labor in a tub. Yeah. You know, you thought you were going to do they, it at home or labor in a tub and then go to Dr. Crane's office and then go to the hospital okay. is what I had thought I was going to do. So I got there. I was trying to take off my clothes. By then the doula got there and she's like, no, 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 put your clothes back on. We got to go to the hospital. Like you are ready to go. Uh, Let's get to the hospital. Do you know how many minutes apart you were? They were? Uh, I don't know how many oh, minutes did apart. She, I how did she know you had to go to the hospital? Did she like put her finger in you? <laughs> she did not put her finger in me. Did doulas uh, do I that? <laughs> did I do that? Did doulas do that? Oh, no, I don't think that midwives do okay. that, but doulas don't oh, okay, do that. Okay. But you can do that. My mom, she kept being like, why don't you reach in and you could feel your baby's head? It'll be on your cervix. Oh. And I was like, oh, what? No. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking put my finger in there and feel my baby's head. But then I did later with my third kid. I was like, I can feel his head. Oh, you could? Okay. I totally would do that. Yeah, yeah. You can feel as your pregnancy develops, your cervix will start to, you know, like, dilate. you'll start to dilate, right? And then you'll be able to feel their head in there. Okay. So and even before it opens, you can feel their head. Well, how do you reach around your belly? It doesn't matter. Keep going. <laughs> um, I mean, there isn't like a big story. I, I labored for like, um, from beginning to end when we were at the, the, the Chinese or the um, Korean barbecue, it was like seven hours. Wow. So it, was, it wasn't very long. My son, I... I was only in labor for like an hour and that was the insane story. Oh my God. Um, but wait, uh, wait, 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 back to first one. Sorry. Okay. Pain, Sorry. pain was doable. Not well. I think that, I mean, you, I, I don't remember you having a high pain tolerance. I <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what? Maybe you did. What Maybe you? you did. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I think that I had just an average, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I can take it. 
<laughs> and I also was like, ow, my finger. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're probably right on that one. I don't think I had her. a great time many times. But I was so convinced that I wanted to do a natural birth that I like, I'd been doing so many, you know, we do all the things, right? Like I was like doing breathing exercises and I kept doing yoga. You know, I was uh, trying to like breathe through my contractions. And (laughs) somebody had told me that when you poop, when you're pushing out a big poop before you have a baby, you should practice just letting it slide out of your body instead of pushing the poop out with the contraction that your body's having because it feels like you're pooping, except you, you're pooping out like a watermelon. So uh, I was doing that So you a don't lot. push when you're having a contraction? To practice letting it like naturally kind of move out of your body. Yeah. Like somebody had told me this. I, maybe it was my doctor. Maybe it was my mom. Maybe it was somebody else. But they were like... Practice not pushing hmm. when um, your contraction comes when you're like trying to poop. Okay. Isn't that? Okay. Yeah. Just try to breathe and experience it and just try to breathe and experience okay. it. Okay. I'm in. I don't know if that fucking I'm helped in. because in the moment you don't give a fuck. You're like, I don't know. I push it all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, the pain was, it, it hurt. Yeah. And um, I was falling asleep in between contractions where I would like have the contraction and push and then because you don't push for that long and then you know I'd fall asleep and then like wake back up (laughs) why are you Uh, how were you falling asleep I mean you were it was only seven hours but I guess you were just it was it it was at one in the morning Uh. when she was born so it was late and I don't know you you're you're so exhausted it's an exhausting process and I kept looking at the clock being like when is this going to come out when am I going to be done? Yeah. Uh, and my doctor's just sitting there in like his Argyle sweater, like reading a book. And because he was in there the whole time because Dr. Crane doesn't, he doesn't just come in for the birth. He sits with you the entire time. Wow. So I was just hanging or he was just hanging there and I was having contractions. And then like, it was just exhausting. Yeah. And so yeah, I fell asleep. For, I would fall asleep for like a minute and then wake back up and push again. And it worked. And then it worked. You know, I'm sure everybody's told you all the things, the like the ring of fire and No. You you don't know about the ring of fire? No. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> Is that your the ring of fire? What? <laughs> I don't think I I mean, I know the Johnny Cash song. So the ring of fire <laughs> is like it's the most your um it is the most that your vagina expands to get the head out uh-huh. or maybe the shoulder. The shoulder I think is it hurts more than the head, oh. but it's that moment of like complete expansion. Okay. And I mean, it feels like fire. Oh. So it's called the ring of fire because oh. it's this, like, I mean, it feels like something is burning the whole edge of your body. <laughs> ring of fire is exactly what Annie said, but here's a little clip from a doula I found on YouTube. Her name's Alice Turner. Now, the purpose of the ring of fire is when you feel that ring of fire, what generally you do when you feel fire is to stop touching it, right? And so the ring of fire kind of clues us in to slow down our pushing and allow our skin to stretch a little bit more before we really um, give effort to push the baby out. But if you can, if you have the ability, 
to slow down and listen to your body and allow those tissues to stretch naturally, then you should have less chance of having a tear on your perineum. Now, what is surprising for a lot of people is that the way that the skin there works with the ring of fire is that if you do experience a tear, you usually do not feel the tear happening. Because what happens is when the skin is stretched out, that is almost like a numbing effect that happens around that skin. And so many times, I'm talking feels like that. And he's like, you know, he's got jellies and Dr. Crane's all, you know, jellying my business. Yeah. So I don't tear and those sorts of things. And I did not tear. Wow. Um, just a loose lady. Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> I'm so loose. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But the big thing about my daughter was that I was, um, I had postpartum depression. Oh. And I didn't know. Oh. And I never realized it. I only realized I had postpartum depression after my son was born because I didn't feel the way that I felt when she was oh. born. And I'm sure you've talked about postpartum depression. Well, you know what and- happens is that I start having these interviews with people about their pregnancy and then their birth. And then at the very end, they tell me they had postpartum depression and we didn't get, oh, yeah, we don't have a chance to talk about that. But uh, Anne Gregory talked about hers a bit on the show. And then um, another, and Emily Wilson said, we'll talk about that in another episode. So, and that, well, it's not a like, a, it's not a fun topic. Yeah, Nobody I know, likes but it's, talk- I mean, it should definitely be talked about because, you know, yeah. it happens. And you don't realize, like a lot, like I didn't realize that it was happening um, yeah. to me. I just thought that I, I was a bad mom. I just oh. thought that I hated having a baby. I just, I resented my baby. There is like all sorts of, Philip Mata's of all people, he told me before I had the baby, like I, I, we had some like little gathering or whatever. And he came over and he said to me something like, you do all, you're doing all this prep to have the baby uh, and about what's the birth going to be and all of that stuff. But really it's, you know, it's one day in a lifetime. And he's like, if I were you, I would change your focus now from stop thinking about the birth and start thinking about what you're going to do after the birth, because the after the birth is really that's really the experience. The birth is like, check out this fun story yeah. where I had a ring of fire and my I tore or yeah. you know, like I had to have a cesarean or like whatever everybody's story is. It's one day in in eternity, not in eternity, but in a light in someone's lifetime. You know what I mean? That's the beginning of their life. And then really physically having the baby and dealing with the baby is much more the like the struggle and the journey than the birth. Yeah. The birth the birth will happen. Dr. Crane was always said, you know, like it doesn't matter what you do or what you plan, the baby will come out of your body. Yeah. yeah. It could be born in a shoebox. It doesn't matter. It will come out. So don't think about it too much. Yeah. That's what he always would say. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, not too much. It's going to happen. It's going to happen how it happens. Yeah. Well, that's good advice. But then you had your yeah. your postpartum stuff. Yeah. You just ended up get it ended up going away on its own because you didn't know you were experiencing it. Is that how it went? I mean, just that first year of her being alive, Lucy, was really hard. And I was, you know, I struggled with breastfeeding, mm. which a lot of women struggle with breastfeeding. Um, and, you know, I struggled with like wanting to be around her with, you know, we all struggle with sleep deprivation and like, how do you make the baby stop crying? And, you know, then it was just like, I found no joy. And I also felt like she took my life from me. Mm -hmm. Like, like this little innocent baby, uh, who's beautiful and wonderful ruined my life. Like I had a life. I was happy. I did all this fun stuff. I got to perform all the time and I was really loose with my body. You know, you and I are very like free with our bodies, right? Yeah. But pregnancy changes that. And you're never you never go back to being so free, like you're you're protecting something right now, mm, right? Sure. And so it changes how you move. And I never regained that thing. So there was all these things that I like lost from her. And you're more serious and you're you're sadder. And like, you can't watch. I used to love watching like gross out horror movies. Yes. Do you remember this about me? Yes, I remember that. That's one thing like, that we did not have in common. We did not have that in common. <laughs> but now... No, I can't watch. I can't like, I'm just like, Oh God, no. Like oh, you I don't can't, want to. I don't want to watch anything that isn't just an escape into happy stuff okay. because, <laughs> because you know, life is full of its own. Like, I don't want to watch anything with kids <laughs> in it because then I'm just like, this kid is being manipulated for my emotional reasons. And I cannot, I'm going to put my kid's face, in that kid's face. And now my kid is getting abducted and now I'm crying and I hate this show yeah. and go away. Anyways, you know, the baby and the experience of the baby changes you. And so I didn't, I thought I was just going through that sort of stuff. And like, I can't really disassociate that depression from my life or who I've become. Like, I never took any medication. I never talked to anybody about it. And so when I had my son and I had the rush of endorphins and I felt all the things and then I loved him so much. Like I just <laughs> fucking squeezed his body. And I used to call him my boyfriend. And everyone was like, no, stop it. It's not funny or cute. And I'm like, what is my boyfriend? <laughs> and everyone thought it was gross. And it was gross. It was wrong. But I like, I just loved him. And I was like, oh my. And then sometime after that, I was like, oh my God, I've been depressed. So I don't know if having the baby, my second child didn't stop the depression of the first child, but it made me aware that I did experience that depression. And then since then I've had therapy and stuff, but like that resentment that I lived with for like a year and a half, almost two years, like it just didn't go away when the second baby was born. It became a part of who I was. Do you know what I mean? This is sad stuff and not funny stuff. No, it's not sad. I'm just trying to process it. So, like, I had the – I identified as, like, a bad mom, a woman that shouldn't have had kids, uh, like – But you were doing uh, that subconsciously. You didn't know you were doing those things. But once you had your son, it was – it shifted you to an awareness. Right. Yeah. Yes. I get it now. It did shift me to an awareness. So then I was able to process it. it. 
And then I, but I didn't start working on it really until after my third baby. Well, whatever, just knowing is half the battle. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry that you had that experience. You're not asking for sympathy. I know that. I'm just, I know. (laughs) I appreciate you saying you're, thank you. Yeah, but no, but it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It does suck. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Okay. So now tell me about number two boy, your boyfriend. (laughs) Tell me about your boyfriend. Uh, my boyfriend, Owen, George Owen. Um, <laughs> I desperately didn't want my baby to be born on my birthday because I wanted to retain my birthday because I'm a selfish person and I wanted that fucking day. But he was like a week late and I was like, oh, damn it. Like just any day but my birthday. That's all I want. Any day but my birthday. And then the morning of my birthday, I woke up and I was like, mm, uh, I'm fine. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh man, I think my water is broke. Cause you know, I'm like, I'm peeing, but then there's, there's more than what I'm peeing. And I'm like, this is not, this is not pee. So then I like, didn't tell anybody for a few minutes <laughs> because my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law and their kids were coming. They were staying with us to um, help take care of Lucy while we were doing the birth. And so they had like made a breakfast and I was getting presents and I was just like, <laughs> I'm having a nice time. And then after all of that, I was like, and I think my water broke. Because uh, I wasn't having any pain. There was nothing wrong, sure. you know. So I wanted to have my breakfast and I wanted to have my presents. So then um, so then they were like, oh, well, you got, you got to go to Dr. Crane. And so Levin and I drove to Dr. Crane and his office is like, it's, it's in Beverly Hills, like right it's like right near Rodeo Drive. Uh-huh. We go in. Dr. Crane says, yes, your water has broken, but it's just leaking. So why don't – it's your birthday. Why don't you guys go like – go get a present. Go eat some breakfast. Okay. So I'm in like an old Navy, you know, <laughs> jersey dress and like flip-flops. In, on I'm Rodeo like, Drive. On Rodeo Drive. I mean we just look like the trashiest people. And it was like early in the morning. It was like 8 a.m. And so we went to like a Jewish deli and – had breakfast, but I was also kind of like excited. I was like, I'm going to have a baby today. Sometime today I'm having a baby. So like I couldn't eat. Uh, and during my first, my daughter, I was so terrified of shitting while I was giving birth. Yeah. Are you scared of this? No. Well, <laughs> but my mom's going to be the only one there. So. <laughs> well, my mom was there and Levin was there. And when I realized I was shitting, I screamed at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I'm shitting. <laughs> I was, I was just like, oh, God, I'm shitting. I'm shitting. It smells. I was so it terrified smells. of it. You could smell it. It smells. And, yeah, you could smell it. And Levin, where, where was he? He was uh, sitting behind uh-huh. me while I was sitting. Okay. Uh, and I was like, don't look. Don't you fucking look. Uh and the doctor's like, you are going to the bath. He was laughing. He's like, you are going to the bathroom. The nurse came in and said that the the ladies in the other two rooms that were next to me could hear me. Uh, and I was scaring the women uh, who were all giving birth because they were at epidurals. And they're just hearing someone screaming and then screaming, I'm shitting. Dear God, I'm fucking shitting. Oh, no. So- and I screamed a lot during the pregnancy because, you know, I'm a verbal person. Yes, yes. I, do you think yeah. I'll scream? I don't feel like I will. I don't know. I don't I know. Get, I, you, do, you are a loud person, but you also, um, you know, you have a quiet to you. Like you can, you can retain. 
And I feel like I'm just like, like I got to get everything out of my body all the time and hold nothing in. That's true. That's true. If I didn't hold anything and I just screamed. I have no idea what's going to go on, but we'll find out. (laughs) You'll find out. We'll find out. uh, Yeah. So we're walking around Rodeo Drive and um, for like a really – not a lot. For like a while, I had said that um, like Levin had never bought me any jewelry. Like the the ring that I got from when we got engaged was his mom. And I had said I had wanted like a necklace I could just wear all the time. Mm-hmm. We were walking by Tiffany. Oh. And he was like, I want to get you a birthday present. Mm-hmm. And I had thought he was just going to get me like a chain because I had a pendant, uh, like a vintage pendant that I wanted to put on a nice chain. Uh-huh. And he's like, let's go get you a chain. But then when we went in, he was like, I want to buy you a necklace. And and it was very sweet. And, you know, we were looking at these little diamond necklaces. I'm like trying to decide, you know, first we walk in and they're like giving people champagne. And we're like, you know, no, obviously, because I'm so huge. And I'm really big, really big, yeah. like way bigger than my first oh baby. My so big. And I'm in this black, you know, disgusting dress and flip flops. And we just look like hell. And so they're like kind of following us around the store. Like a security guard is with us. <laughs> and then finally this lady, she talks to us and we're looking at these necklaces and I'm trying on different types. And she's like, you know, she's like, well, did you know that Carrie Fisher went into labor in my store, oh. in this store? And I was like, oh, no, that's so cool. And she's like, yeah. And I, I ended up driving her to the hospital. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. We're there for Carrie Fisher's child's birth. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then while she's telling me the story, I'm like trying on the necklace in the mirror and it's all carpeted. The whole place. Oh, is no. Annie. And I'm like, you know, just like, oh, ha. and then I'm like, oh, 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 because I could feel oh, no. that something was happening. And I had like a cartoonish, <laughs> cartoonishly, my water broke in Tiffany's on Rodeo. And it was like a sploosh down onto the carpet, oh all over God. the mirror, all over the wall. Oh and the lady God. was like, oh, my, oh, my. And like, everyone's now freaking out. And they're like, you know, go, you could go to the bathroom, but the bathroom is up up the stairs. It's like up two flights of stairs. Oh and at God. this point it's like bad. And so we go to the bathroom and they have like, you know, those really fancy paper towels that look like, that look like regular yeah, towels. Yeah yeah. 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 So we're using those to kind of sop up amniotic oh fluid because it's just everywhere. And I was like, at least they're nice. And we're like laughing oh. hysterically that this is happening. And then we come back downstairs and uh, she's like, I, I'm, a, you know, we'll just put the necklace on hold and, and you guys, you, you just go. And uh, Levin's like, oh, no, we're not fucking coming back here. So just put it in a box right, right now, paying for it. Yes. Uh, while we're paying for it, I was like, so you're going to drive me to the hospital? Uh, and she's like, oh, I, oh, I couldn't. Oh, I, I, I can't. Like, I got I'm the manager. So we start to walk back to Dr. Crane's office. But I'm obsessed now with the fact that I'm not wearing any underwear because we just put my underwear in the garbage. They were just... Yes. I was like, I need to stop at this Walgreens and get underwear. And Levin's like, why? There is a baby coming out of your body. Let's get back to Dr. Cranes. And I was like, I'm not having any contractions. Let's just get some underwear, please. So we go into Walgreens. And I then I'm like, should I get extra large or large? Oh, and no. Levin's like, doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> so eventually I choose extra large. And then while we're checking out, I have my first contraction. And it is so intense and visceral, nothing like I felt with my daughter that I like doubled over. I thought I was going to vomit. But when I doubled over, I found 40 bucks on the ground. (laughs) And I was like, 
was just a great scenario. Uh, and then we tried to get back, which was only like two, like it was like a, you know, it's like an LA block yeah. away. Mm-hmm. But the contractions were like a minute apart. They just immediately went to full. Oh my god! I went through a transition. Like the transition was then. I had it immediately. The baby was coming. Oh my god! But I couldn't walk. I would walk a couple of steps, and then the contraction would hit me so com- like so intensely that I dub- would double over and thought I was throwing up. Yeah. And people do throw up with their contractions. I didn't throw up. But, you know, we're also on Rodeo. And at one point, I'm like doubled over, you know, like screaming kind of while I'm <sighs> over. And this lady's got two bags and she's got high heels on. And she just keeps going, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and Levin's like, just go around her. Uh, and as she's like, oh, and she walks into the street, but it's like clack, 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 clack. And she gives me such a shitty look. Oh, my God. Uh, we finally get there and Dr. Crane is like, no, we got to go. The baby's coming out. <laughs> so then like get in the car, but then we're stuck in traffic getting to Cedars. Then they're out of parking at Cedars. So they're like, just leave your car here and we'll find the spot for it. And they put me in a um, a wheelchair, but I can't sit down because the baby is coming out. Oh my and God. So they are pushing me in. Levin's tr- these two people carry me in. These two just civilian people are carrying me in. Levin's trying to figure out what to do with the car. So then I get separated from him. Dr. Crane doesn't know where I am. So he's running around the parking lot, I guess, looking for me because he thinks I'm yeah. giving birth in the car. So then we, I finally get into the room and they finally find Dr. Crane because they didn't know where he was. And I'm like freaking out because the pain is so intense. So with the first baby, I think the reason it takes so long is like, it's the reason of everything in pregnancy. Like you just get used to it. And so then you can add a little bit more and you add a little bit more until you're giving birth. And so like, you know, you're swallowing bigger and bigger contractions and so you, your body is okay. But at this point I had gone from zero to like giving birth. And so I couldn't, like, I couldn't handle the contractions. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, they put us in like a beautiful room and like big windows, nothing like I had with my daughter where I was like in a basement and I was just screaming. I was like, like a soap opera, like a movie, you know, a woman who's like, give me all the drugs, you know, like I'm just screaming, give me all the drugs. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I don't care. I don't want a natural birth. Just give me the drugs. He's got to stop. Like I was like hyperventilating. Oh it was so intense. Uh, and he's like, but I can't, I cannot. I mean, th- I'm acting crazy, but Dr. Crane was like, no, oh, sorry. The baby's coming out. Yeah. So you start, you can just start push- pushing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not pushing. Oh my God. So then, then eventually I do push, but like this is, I mean, it was just so traumatic. That birth was so traumatic. How come he couldn't then, do it in his office? I mean, we could have done it in his office. I think he thought we had enough time and we did. Okay. We did get there. I gave birth 16 minutes after we got there. Holy shit. So, and the baby was huge. Owen was almost 11 pounds. Oh my God. And, you know, ring of fire stuff. Uh, (laughs) I mean, his shoulder. Oh my God. I can't think about his shoulder coming out. And then, then they were like, something's wrong with his breathing. Okay. And I was like, what? And then I felt super, I I was so cold. They kept putting all these blankets on me. And then this woman was like, the baby's born. I'm super cold. I don't want to eat. Which after Lucy was born, I was like, give me a fucking hamburger. But after Owen was born, I was like, I don't want to eat. I'm going to throw up. I'm so cold. And the woman who was my nurse was like, 
she was going home for the day and she's just like trying to get out of there because her boyfriend was <laughs> was planning a special night for them. Oh, my God. Uh, and she's like, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's planning a special night. I got to get out of here. And we're like, OK. So she didn't like I don't know. She just didn't pay attention right. to what was happening. And then she wanted to transfer me to the other like the recovery room so she could leave. And when I got up to go skid into the, I'm holding Owen because they don't let anybody but you hold the baby to transfer you to a different room. So I'm holding the baby and I'm trying to get into the wheelchair, but then I like, I just, I just fainted uh, and I dropped the baby, but Levin caught the baby and he caught me too. And kind of like, kind of pushed me into the chair, like held up my head. I can't, I don't know exactly what happened. And he caught the baby because I dropped Owen (laughs) And then I like, you know, it's like a weird movie where like I couldn't hear anything. I could kind of see I I felt them like pick me up and move me. And then I didn't have a HEPA lock. I don't know what that is. So a HEPA lock is when they put um, they put a needle in your arm uh-huh. and then it's like a little thing so that they can put an IV in you if they need to. Okay, Like a port. Yes. So the reason you want a hepalock is because if something happens to you, your veins could collapse, which is what happened fuck, to me. Fuck. But I didn't have a hepalock because I was like, I'm going to do it all natural. And, you know, like it's hospital protocol to give you one. But Dr. Crane supersedes that because of the insurance thing. So he's like, she doesn't want one. She doesn't have to have one. Don't talk to her about it. Yeah. And I really appreciated that with Lucy. But then with Owen, I, yeah, I didn't have it. So then they couldn't find a vein because my veins were collapsing. And so they're just sticking me like I'm like laying there. I can feel them trying to like find a vein. You know, there's just like beeping and there's people everywhere. And I can hear the baby crying and like they have like a towel on my head and I have a thing over my mouth to breathe. And it was just incredible pain. And what had happened was I had had like a blood clot in my uterus and they just didn't rec- – they should have recognized it. That's why I felt so cold because I was losing a ton of blood. Okay. But they didn't – they didn't real- this lady didn't realize it. And so then they had to go in. This woman had to come in. But I'm like half conscious. Yeah. And she's like, Annie, I have to, I have to go in there. I have to get it out. It's going to be painful. So they put me on Pitocin. And then she basically put her hand inside of my oh. uterus and manually scraped it out. Oh, my God. Which is fucking crazy. With her hand. <laughs> With her hand. She put her hand in and scooped out the blood that was pooling in there because oh. it was pooling in there. And that was after they, I mean, there You'd was like a moment. You already delivered the placenta. I had already delivered, yes, I had delivered the placenta. Mm. Um, are you going to eat your placenta? <laughs> I got to, I'll, I'll hear arguments for and against and then I'll decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I ate my placentas. I mean, they make them into capsules. And they do this at Dr. Crane's? No, uh, Dr. Crane didn't do it. I had another. Uh, the, the doula knew somebody that did it. A lady comes and gets your placenta and then they like freeze it. You know, they, you know, they They dry dry it out and put it in capsules. Yeah. And put it in capsules. Yeah. That'll be an episode. Yeah, that's an episode. So then they, you know, were sticking me or whatever. Uh, you know, the thing that it happened to my aunt, I guess, is that if your veins collapse and they can't find another vein, they have to go directly into your neck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Or you'll die. Or you'll okay. die. But they didn't end up putting it in my neck. They ended up finding a vein. Uh, but, you know, it was like a real like, oh, my God, sort of moment. And then the pain of the scooping was just crazy. It was crazy painful. Does this have a and name? Then I was in the- 
this process, this procedure? When they when they scrape out your yeah the uterine uterine scoop. I don't know it. They I don't know what it wow, what it's I called, wonder. but it should be called the uterine scoop. <laughs> like also like a dance, right? Yeah. <laughs> the uterine scoop. <laughs> So since I don't know exactly what was going on with Annie's uterus, I just looked up random uterine problems after childbirth, and I got into blood clots and postpartum hemorrhage. The most common source of blood after giving birth is the shedding of your uterine lining. That's called lochia, L-O-C-H-I-A, or lochia. Blood that doesn't immediately pass through your vagina and out of your body may form clots. Sometimes these clots can be especially large immediately after giving birth. While blood clots are normal after pregnancy, too many blood clots or very large blood clots, larger than a golf ball, can be cause for concern. What might cause large clots or excessive bleeding? One reason is retained placenta. If all of the placenta is not delivered in the postpartum period... Even if a tiny piece remains, the uterus can't properly clamp down and return to its pre-pregnancy size. As a result, bleeding will continue. For this, they do a dilation and curettage, or DNC. And this procedure involves using a special instrument to remove any retained tissue from the uterus. If you don't have any leftover placenta in the uterus, it's possible that you could have a cut on your uterus that isn't healing. In these instances, your doctor may have to perform an operation. What operation that is, I do not know. Another cause of continued uterine bleeding after delivery of the placenta is uterine atony, atony, A-T-O-N-Y, which is basically the uterus failing to contract and clamp down on the blood vessels formerly attached to the placenta. This bleeding can pool and develop into blood clots. To treat uterine atony with blood clots, they need to be removed by your doctor. Now, maybe this was the procedure they did on Annie, the uh, maybe uterine scoop, or maybe the uterine scoop is just a DNC. We'll never know. Unless, of course, one of you wants to write in and tell me. Hope any of this made sense. So then I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and uh, then I was I had an iron deficiency. Like, I was sin- severely iron deficient for months afterwards. Oh. So eating the placenta supposedly helped me. Okay. Because you're getting some of that stuff back. Because, you know, like cows eat, when a cow gives birth, it eats the it placenta does. right away. Oh, my God. Yes, all animals they do. do. All animals eat the placenta right away because it has a ton of nutrients in it. Right, this is so it gives you a little boost. <laughs> yeah. After some quick research, I can see that eating your placenta is very controversial, actually. The practice of eating placenta or placentophagy is common in the animal kingdom. It is believed that most non-human mammals with a placenta consume their afterbirth as a way of eradicating the scent of their newborn and protecting them against predators. Other literature suggests that animals eat their placenta as a way of regaining nutrients that might have been lost during delivery and to encourage mother-child bonding. While many new mothers, including Kim Kardashian and January Jones, hail the health benefits of eating the afterbirth, critics say that the practice could be more harmful than helpful. In fact, the CDC has actually warned against it. What? We'll get a placenta expert on the show sometime soon. But until then, I also read that the only other mammals that don't eat their placenta, aside from humans, are camels and um, and water. Aquarian? You know, the animals that live in the water. Aquatic? Back to Annie. So that's the story of when Owen was born, oh. which was a very exciting and dramatic story. It must have been so scary for you and for Levin at the time. 
Yeah, it was really, it was so fucking scary because they were saying something was wrong with Owen's breathing. Yeah, what was I'm that about? Now. Nothing. He was fine. Okay. And, you know, Levin was like, I really resented them. Like, I, I don't know. I know they got to take care of the baby, but like in the moment, you know, he was just like so worried yeah. and like, I'm, uh, there's, you know, 10 people around me yeah. yelling and screaming. And then there's this little baby and Levin was like staying with the baby and then this lady just kind of wandered over and was like, something wrong with his breathing? Oh, good And Lord. Levin's like, I'm fucking, let's just fucking handle this. Like, you know. And it, yeah, Owen was fine. He was totally fine. He's a big, fat, dump, dumpling of a boy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And we don't have any time left, but you have a third baby. <laughs> but <laughs> what's, your, what's your third baby's name? Stanley. Stanley, how cute. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Walter Burl is his name. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. We call him Stish because my great grandpa was Stanley and everybody called him Stish. Oh my gosh, so, how cute. What a sweetums. Can you give us a little I, tiny Stanley, a, a quick Stanley? Stanley, I was like so terrified of Owen's birth that I was like, no, nah, fuck it, no. Nah. Epidural? No, I don't want any of it. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to feel. Yeah, any. I've, exp- I've experienced this before. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> I get. I get what it's about. Got I get it. the whole thing. I did it. Woman. I conquered. <laughs> I conquered it. I'm fine. Give me the fucking drugs. Yeah. I want all the drugs right away. And, so yeah, and did, after I went, did his birth start on its own or was it induced? I went. I thought it was started, but it wasn't. It was like a false labor, oh. like a Braxton Braxton Hicks. But we drove all the way across town. So. My Dr. Crane is like, I'm just going to break your water and then it'll start the labor. Okay. And I was like, okay, just fucking do it. <laughs> so, then, so then he did it. And then he's like, you want epidural? I was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> Give me that epidural. Uh, right. Which is, you know, the, it's like a whole other experience. It's totally different uh, than having a baby naturally. Like it's just a weird, different experience. Huh. I want to know what that, what you mean. <laughs> Uh, well, um, you're so with it. You're so there with the experience of having a natural birth. Mm -hmm. Like you're feeling the pain, you know, when the baby's coming, you're feeling it come out of your body. Like it's a, you're in unison with this life being born. And when you have an epidural, everything is numb. Mm -hmm. So like you don't feel it like it's, it's really casual. I like, I just kind of laid back. We joked around and then the, you know, doctor's like, you have to push. I was like, Oh, uh, like this, like I couldn't feel the push. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're doing great. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then he's like, and it asked me with every child. He's like, do you want to pull the baby out? Oh. And with my other two, I was like, no, fucking get it out of my body. Yeah. Uh, but with this one, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And I like looked down and I saw the baby kind of half hanging out of me. Oh I was like, God. oh yeah. And I like reached down and wow. I was like, wow, it's a boy. Wow, <laughs> amazing. So like, I got, I got to pull it out, pull him out. Uh, and then, but then you know, like the other ones, you put to your body and they like, you know, they're like looking for your nipple. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Stanley, I couldn't feel. They gave me so much that like I couldn't feel. I couldn't feel my breasts or my neck or anything. Wow. I couldn't feel him on my body. And that made me feel so strange that I couldn't have this, um, you know, that like that intimate kind of you feel your baby against your skin and that like that moment. And I couldn't feel him. So it was just different, but it was really casual. And I did get to pull him out of my body. That's really cool. (laughs) That's really cool. 
Do you want to pull your baby? Do you know if your baby's a boy or a girl? I do. It's a girl. <laughs> You're having a girl. Oh, goodness. Is she big? Is she little? Are there any things about her? Um, Do you know? I mean, she's always been a a couple of days bigger than the average, but I don't know what she is now since I haven't had an ultrasound in a few weeks or a month maybe. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. She's probably going to be big because her her donor is tall. Oh. Mm. (laughs) Ooh, Ooh. tall baby. (laughs) Yeah. I always just remembered how tall Levin is. How did that make your baby super tall? Are they big? Yeah, uh, he's 6'6", and yeah, all the babies were way big. Lucy was the smallest. She was 9 pounds. Owen was almost 11 pounds, and Stanley was 10 pounds. So I had some real big balls come out of my body. (laughs) Now, hold on a minute. When Owen was born, uh, the lady, the the first nurse that was there, the cool nurse, uh, and I, she was like, she was so shocked about his ball sack, uh, and she kept saying... She kept saying, like, that baby's got some big balls. (laughs) And she said it so many times that Levin and I are like, is there something wrong with his balls? (laughs) And I had to ask Dr. Crane. I was like, Dr. Crane, I'm sorry, but is there something wrong with his balls? Uh, And he's like, no, they're just – they're just uh, swollen. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) That is funny. Okay. Well, were they all past their due date? They were all past. No, Stanley was the day before. He's born. Owen was born on my birthday, okay. and Stanley was born on Levin's birthday. Get out of here. That's so yeah, interesting. That's, yeah. So now Lucy's the only one that has her own birthday in our house. Well, Annie and I continued to talk forever, but I didn't want to have too much editing to do. So I suggested we stop recording. I'm going to stop. Say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> oh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Annie. Thank you for doing this. Uh, but you're not hanging up. You're don't hang up. I'm not okay, hanging love up. Love you, I'm Annie. Not... Bye. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it for the show this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, Annie. Thank you for being my wonderful guest. It was so fun to catch up with you. And thank you, Mom, for being my special reader friend. Next week, I promise I'll have a special guest expert on the show, and we'll learn something really important. In the meantime, you can go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast if you would like to become a patron and see all the exclusive videos and listen to exclusive content and read all my updates in real time. Patreon.com forward slash spermcast. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing it on Apple iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also contribute to the podcast via Venmo. Just Venmo Molly hyphen hockey. And of course, you can always share this episode with a friend who's pregnant or share earlier episodes with somebody who is struggling to get pregnant or share earlier episodes with somebody who's thinking about becoming a single mother by choice. Get them hooked. Really get them hooked in there so that they can't stop listening. If you or anyone you know might be interested in fertility consultations, I'm here for you. I'm a great listener, and I would love to help you as much as you've already helped me. So inquire at spermcast at gmail.com for my rates, for more information about what we talk about. You'll get a lot out of it. If you want to reach me in general, hit me up at spermcast at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail or text me at 323-741-1818. Find me on social media at Spermcast. Think that's it. Love you so much. I'll talk to you next week. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm.
Helios Production. Powered by ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.